Okay guys, we're at the end. The very last chapter of Sparking Spasm. If you've listened to nothing else, then I'd highly recommend you go back to illivistories.com and check out chapter 1. And if you like, feel free to go through all 18 episodes. There's a ton of other stories there too. My dad is planning on fixing the site so Sparking Spaz webcomics can show up there, but he has no idea what he's doing, so I'd listen to them soon in case things go bad. Last episode, Sparking Spaz came face to face with the Tonsil Terror King. Just when they were about to be overwhelmed, two portals, the robots, opened up two portals, you know, openings in space and time, and everybody escaped. They've got their rockets now, but there's still a few details to clean up, so here we go with chapter 19. Chapter 19, and away we go. High above the alien world. Wait, that wasn't right. Far away from the alien world. Wait, it wasn't that far. Not when you thought about how massive the universe is, or even how wide a lonely little star system could be. In fact, it took Voyager 1, the first interstellar man-made probe, 35 years to leave our solar system. Of course, Voyager 1 was built in the 70s, the same era that produced disco. Things could only get better from there. Let's try this again. A million miles from the alien world. That's more like it. Though it's a rough estimate. So roughly a million miles from the alien world was the Ark, the last hope for mankind. I carried people like popsicles from star system to star system, looking for a new home. Some bad things happened on Earth, but that was a story for another day. It was the Ark's mission to save humanity, and the captain's job to guide it. No pressure, right? She sat in her chair, waiting. One of the probes had made it back already. There were a bunch of planets in the star system, but only two had any real potential. She was waiting to hear a report on Sparky and Spazoid. Of course, they hadn't followed protocol, going off and exploring before they even checked in. But this wasn't unusual for them. That's just how they were. It didn't matter how often she yelled at them either. The two were chaotic by nature, but that was part of what made them such perfect explorers. I have them, Cap. They broke orbit, a voice said. She turned to see a hologram of a skinny man with a mustache, flickering in bluish light. It was Floyd. She hated Floyd. Floyd wasn't a real person, but rather a personality that lived in the main computer. The Ark used these different characters to talk to the captain and crew. Floyd was one of her least favorite, and it wasn't because of his chewing tobacco. Though that didn't help, he spat out a wad that vanished in thin air. It wasn't real, but it was still disgusting. Without a doubt, chewing tobacco is always disgusting under any circumstances, period. You should know right now that it could make your teeth fall out and give you cancer in your mouth. Yet people still do it. It was like they said smoking just wasn't gross enough. So what could be worse? Anyway, back to the captain hating Floyd and his chewing tobacco. Even though it wasn't real, it was just as pointless. The Ark sometimes did pointless things. See, it was run by a very complicated artificial intelligence with humanity's best interests in mind. A lot of what it did didn't make sense at first, like using a 10-year-old boy to explore alien worlds. But if you hadn't guessed yet, there was a lot more to Sparky than you'd think. The captain had to have faith in the artificial intelligence, and the boy explorer, even though she was certain that many of the things the ship did, along with the boy, were simply to annoy her, much like Floyd. Are they going to make it to us before the next slingshot? The captain asked. Sure hope so, Floyd said as he leaned down looking at the display. The captain gave him a stare that would have frightened a tonsil terror. Floyd bit down on his mustache and held up his finger. Let me just go ahead and check on that. He didn't need the display, of course. He was part of the ship. He could reach out to Spazoid and read his fuel level in approximate acceleration. Oh yeah, I think they ought to make it. 
he said before adding. Well, that's odd. What is? The captain asked. Giant seismic changes on the world. They're leaving big old explosions. Looks like the whole surface of the planet is being destroyed. Those boys are leaving massive devastation in their wake. Well, it's not the first time for that. The captain sighed. There's something else weird, though, Floyd said. And that is? The captain asked. I'm picking up life. It's riding with spazoid. That's strange, right? Floyd asked. The captain held her head for a moment before shaking it. Not again, she said. Did that leave you curious? Well, I hope so. I'd like to bring you here again for another adventure. But right now, we need to go back a little because while Sparky and Spaz had made it out of the alien machine with all three rockets, they weren't quite ready to leave. Strike that. Spazoid was more than ready to leave. Sparky felt they had unfinished business involving a goat and an alien robot. Speaking of the goat, you may remember he was running towards the horizon. Sparky and Spazoid had just come through one of Portal's copies, the very one that saved Sparky when he was falling from a floating mountain, which wouldn't be floating for much longer. Spaz watched the goat run away. Good riddance, he said while trying to get the goo from the king's ear off. He'd already mounted his last rocket with the others. Sparky had gotten back down from the cockpit so Spazoid could work on repairing himself. Really? You're just going to leave him here to die? Spazoid's two shorter arms had climbed up over his shoulders and were unfolding to create a hatch over the passenger compartment. They stopped so he could hold all four arms in the air while asking, What? He ran off on his own. Why should he be our problem? Sparky put his hands on his hips. Spaz went back to work while explaining, Look, buddy, things die. It's just part of life. We can't go around saving every creature we meet. Yeah, but he's an intelligent goat that talks, Sparky pointed out. Intelligent is up for debate, and talking more like constant questioning. Spazoid said, turning around. He started to change into a spaceship, bending down as his legs folded up. Sparky followed him. We need to know how he got here and why he talks. My guess is he talks to hear himself while bugging everyone around him. As far as how he got here, I'd say that wacky robot had some part to do with it. Speaking of which, where is that guy? Spazoid asked. They both looked. Portal was running towards the alien machine. He glinted in the light from Spazoid's eyes. Great, now where is he going? Probably to find his other copies. Speaking of which... Sparky let the words hang in the air. No way! Are you out of your mind? Spazoid asked. He knew exactly what his partner wanted to do. Sparky just shrugged his shoulders. Spazoid popped wings from his tail section with the rockets mounted on them. He gave a quick low burn test fire before asking. You seriously want to go back in there? We barely got out the first time. Yeah, and who got us out? Besides, you know the crew will be interested in him. Let's just grab that one then. Spazoid pointed with a finger that disappeared a second later. It had been buried in his body that was now a spaceship. Well, of course we'll grab that one, but I want the others too. Man, why? Spaz asked in frustration. Sparky climbed up the side and into the cockpit. I have a theory. Every time Portis splits off, I think he gets a little bit nuttier. So maybe if we can get the three together, I don't know, reconnect them or somehow, we maybe can get a version of him that can put a sentence together that's not nonsense. The new canopy closed over him. Since it was made from Spazoid's arms, it was mostly solid, with only a small window, a little spot barely larger than a mail slot. This stinks, by the way, Sparky said, leaning forward, trying to look out. He still held the control stick and had every intention of flying. Deal with it, Spazoid said before adding. And if you get all three robots together, I guarantee you all you'll have is three wacky pieces of junk. 
That's your opinion, Sparky said, pulling the stick and moving the throttle. Flames shot from the rockets. In the distance, one of the mountains started to fall. It smashed to the planet's surface, exploding with devastating force. It was far away, but in the general direction the goat had been running. The goat looked up as the mountain exploded and the whole surface of the planet shook. He turned around quickly and went from being a dot on the horizon to a highly panicked four-legged frenzy running for his life as a tidal wave of debris chased him. He was in such a panic it took him a while to notice when his feet weren't on the ground. Spazoid had grabbed him, leaving behind a crowd of squealing tonsil terrors. They climbed high into the air, then Spazoid released him, letting the goat free fall. You want him? Then catch him, Spaz said as he banked back, flying down under the falling animal. Sparky looked up as the canopy opened. He had his seatbelt on but he was still trying to figure out why the control stick wasn't responding. He had just enough time to duck to the side before the goat landed on him. Uncool! Sparky yelled, pushing the goat off as the canopy closed. Oh, thank you! Thank you! The goat said. He'd already taken up his position below the seat with his butt held high in the air. Sparky was trying to push the butt out of his way so he could fly. He managed to look out just in time to see them banking sharply towards the ground. Spazoid reached out for Portal, the running robot, and clamped down on him. Hey goat, guess where we're going next? Spazoid's voice echoed through the cockpit. Outside, more rocks were falling. The whole surface of the planet was a boiling pit of broken ground and dusty clouds. Only around the alien machine was safe, but the shock waves were moving in that direction, closing in from every side. The goat looked up. It took him a moment to see out the window slat, pushing his head past Sparky. Oh no, he said. Then he dove back under. Oh yes, you can thank the boss there. This is his idea. Spazoid blasted across the sky like a shooting star pointed at the machine. Luckily for him, it was cracked down the middle. The two sides of the machine were slowly falling away from each other, leaving enough space for him to fly into. Spazoid had mapped many of the tunnels in the machine earlier. They'd been flooded then, but they weren't anymore. The water had all poured into the treasure chamber or leaked out into the ground. Only the pool they escaped from remained. Spazoid flew through the tight space and came down just above the water. Thousands of tonsil terrors looked up at him. They screeched in anger. Where is he? Spazoid asked, turning slowly. He pointed his rockets down and hovered. With all three thrusters, it was easier to do, but he didn't like it because it burnt too much fuel. How should I know? I can barely see out of your tiny window, Sparky said. His face was pushed to the glass. His eyes went over the pile of creatures until he found the little robot. There! He yelled excitedly. Portal turned and waved at him. Then he returned to what he was doing, digging his copy out of the severed ear of the Tonsil Terror King. He tore at the goo frantically until he reached himself. Two silvery hands touched. Then there was a flash of light. Where there had been two portals, there was now one. Ha! Sparky shouted. All right, fine, you were right. Spazoid moved forward. He reached his clamp out and touched the third portal to the one on the ground. There was another flash of light, and now there was only one silver robot. Can we go now? Spazoid asked. He was already moving, flying up through the machine, leaving the tonsil terrors far behind. I can't wait to tell the captain about what we found. Behind them, the machine collapsed. Spazoid avoided the dropping rocks while flying at a full burn, shooting up through the atmosphere. Unless it's a new earth, I don't think she's going to be too excited, he shouted. Sparky was pushed against his seat by the thrust. Oh, come on, Spaz. You know she'll dig this. Crazy robots, talking goats. He slapped the goat on the backside. Ouch, the goat said, sticking his head up. Aren't you guys bringing me back to my cave? I don't think you're going the right way. 
He looked out the tiny window at the stars as they reached outer space. Better get used to it. We hardly ever know where we're going, Spazoid said. Sparky yelled over the rumble of the engines. That's not true! They got to the Ark before it left the star system. They hadn't found a new planet for the people on the ship, but they had found something, which is better than nothing. Because finding nothing is the easiest thing to do in space. Hi guys, if you made it all the way here to the end of the story, then I just wanted to say thank you. Sparky and Spazoid was a novel I never planned to write. I was actually working on a fire department book, since that's what I do in my real job. But sometimes my work becomes a little too real, so I wrote this story as an escape. All this silliness got me through a pretty tough time, so while I hope you've enjoyed the story, I counted it as a success before it ever came out. Like Riley said, I'm going to try and get the webcomic up on illadvisedstories.com and make it easier to find. I've got two more books coming out this year, but they're more serious and for a slightly older audience than Sparky and Spazoid. They're kind of like the Maze Runner books or even Percy Jackson, and they're science fiction too. The first book is about five kids trying to stop a monster in the desert, and the sequel, the second book, involves strange alien planets. If you sign up for my email list, I'll make sure to tell you all about them. I'm hoping to have them out by the summer. I'm also writing the sequel to Sparky and Spazoid. It picks up as soon as they get back to the art, and it's got a bunch more characters in it, including a girl named Susie, who is Sparky's rival. She's kind of awesome, and I think I might write a series of books just for her. So the sequel to Sparky and Spazzo will probably be the next thing that you hear about on the podcast. However, you never know, I might come up with some story ideas in between. I love a good Halloween story. Anyway, the music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.